Welcome to the Neighboring Movement podcast, a podcast about the power and importance of neighboring. And today I am one of your hosts, Adam Barlow Thompson. I am one of the co-founders here at the Neighboring Movement, and I'm joined by Christopher Swanson. Christopher, hello. Hello, everybody. Yes, Christopher is our editor for the podcast, as well as many other roles at the (laughs) Neighboring Movement. And special guest today, our newest employee. We welcome to the podcast for the very first time, Mr. Ian Campbell. Hey, Ian. Hey, y'all. I appreciate you uh, giving me the time to be here. So yeah, today's episode is really introducing the podcast audience to Ian and um, Ian is the new faith-based coordinator for us here at the neighboring movement. Uh, we'll be in charge of our program, the good neighbor experiment, which is uh, brings churches through some of the curriculum that we wrote. And so Ian, we'll just start by letting you introduce yourself. Who are you? Where'd you come from? Why are you here? Sure. Um, so I like to say that I am a product of really, really good neighboring. Um, just, a wonderful street of people that um, I kind of say that they like cradled me as a, as a young kid, just took care of me. Um, It was the kind of street where I could go to uh, any house and expect to be fed. And then any kid on our street could come to our house and expect to be fed. And it was just real reciprocal like that. Um, I just always had uh, friends to play with. um, And then those friends would, bring their friends onto the street and they would become our friends too. And it was just like, everything was, um, we always just wanted to be on our street or if we were going to do something outside of the street, like the whole street seemed to come with us, all the kids on the street, we would all ride our bikes everywhere. It was awesome. So, uh, because of that, I just, I have, um, been reflecting on that experience in kind of later life as I went out into the world and saw that not every street was like that. Um, and that, um, you know, everybody has this longing. I I talked to so many neighbors who were like, yeah, uh, I remember this time when, you know, my, my grandma would tell me, or I remember it, whatever, when people just left their doors unlocked and you could come over to a neighbor's house for a cup of sugar. Um, and, people long for that, but, uh, how do we get back to that? So I feel like my calling is to help people get to know and love their immediate literal neighbors, um, in a time when so few of us even know the names of our neighbors. Um, and so I'm just trying to live that out. And the neighboring movement is uh, a place to, that has just been awesome, an awesome opportunity for me to do that. Yeah. Hmm. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it made me think of, um, I just heard uh, David Burton, who's been on the podcast before and does neighboring work out of Missouri, did a survey with over 1,200 people. And he he asked, what is is the thing that makes, uh, what's the the best neighbor quality? Like, what are the qualities that make up a best neighbor? And the top two things were uh, that the neighbor is quiet and that the neighbor leaves me alone. Mm. That was what people... (laughs) Jeez. Wow, and, but you said Ian, you were like people seem to have this longing to be good neighbors, and I think I what I took away from that data, and then like because we do experience all the time where people do have the longing, um, but the longing is for community, hmm. and they don't necessarily realize that they can do that with their neighbors, and so like our job 
is to help them understand the practical way to build community is to meet your neighbors. And what you described growing up is the type of community that the people are, are longing for. I think mm. like people want that really badly. Yeah. So, um, you also, you're in seminary right now, right? Yep. 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 Bright Divinity School and quick plug, uh, Bright has officially in Fort Worth, Texas has announced that, uh, all tuition, for anybody who uh, gets into Bright for a master's program is free for the next three years and might uh, be more. So if anybody wants to go to seminary, Bright's a really cool place to go. Um, just had to make right. that plug. Well, okay. Well, we'll let you keep plugging. Why Why seminary? Why was that a part of your journey? Uh, I had had a lot of experiences. Um, so I, I grew up um, in, well kind of a Southern Baptist tradition. I, like my earliest church experiences are um, kind of really just with my grandparents' church. And it was interesting, you know, as as much as there were uh, parts of it that maybe weren't the best, there, there was just this sense as well that um, we were all a part of this. Uh, like anybody across the world was my sibling. Like I was tied to them. And so anything that I did affected them. And I, you know, I, I needed to treat all people, um, as, as siblings and, and, in Christ. And, um, and, and so there was this global sense of family that I kind of grew into, which just really shaped me, um, throughout my life. And then I went to a kind of evangelical, uh, mega church where the pastor bought a helicopter with church money. And, um, there was this, he brought a tank on stage one time and was what? like, or with the devil or something like that. So that kind of clashed against this family idea, I, I suppose. And then, um, but experience, I, I had, I had, I was really into my faith in, um, in early college and then kind of drifted. And then, um, I had these experiences with, with neighbors, uh, kind of, and, and, and similar, like just driving around where I would see people in, um, some sort of fights or kind of, um, domestic situations. And I just thought, well, uh, somebody has to do something. So I, I tried to intervene the best I can, I could. And, um, through that people, people started saying like, you know, you should, you should go into ministry like this. You have this passion for de-escalating conflict for, uh, reconciling people for, you know, those types of things. And so, um, I just, I just really leaned into the advice of people I care about and thought this is, and, and at the same time, I was just really, um, just shocked as I read more into the scriptures from a fresh lens that I grew up with and, um, mm. just saw how radical and upside down all of it was. And so I just, mm. I felt like the seminary was calling to me and bright has been an amazing place. I, I, my mind is blown just every, every class. It's just a wonderful, um, wonderful experience. Mm. That's what, awesome. Yeah. What a journey from like a faith defined by a literal tank in a sermon series <laughs> to a faith now defined by like the, like, um, you know, redemption of like conflict that can, can lead toward positive, good change in world. That's mm -hmm. like, 
That's a fascinating tale there. So that's quite the, yeah, all the way across the spectrum there. So. <laughs> Covering all the bases that's of awesome. Christian spectrum there. Yeah. <laughs> I think one thing that's interesting to me too is, um, I mean, obviously you shared some about kind of growing up and then the seminary kind of context now, but I, you've also done a lot of this kind of work and uh, almost an international, um, from an international lens as well. So I'd be curious, would you be willing to share some about kind of your journey of your past work leading up to kind of where you're at now and some of that kind of international work and the way you've, you've tapped into seeing the community across the world as like, yeah, we are all connected and we all are discovering similar things about neighboring. Um, but yeah, curious if you could speak to that. Yeah, Christopher, that's a wonderful uh, kind of bringing it back full circle to that family uh, kind of dynamic. I, I was kind of, uh, I thought about when I was a kid a lot and, and brought into that. So yeah, I, in 2018, I was very big into kind of activism and um, like many activist types, I got super burned out uh, looking at all the cascading problems. And um, I just started to think, well, maybe I need to just focus where I can focus, where I can make an impact. And so the neighborhood was kind of calling out to me with that. Um, and then I discovered this revolution that's happening in North and East Syria in uh, the Middle East. At the time, they used this term Rojava, um, which is a Kurdish word because it was started by Kurdish people, but has now spread to all the ethnic groups, um, Arabs, Yazidis, uh, Assyrians. Um, all the ethnic groups in the region have kind of bought into this revolution. So they've changed the name um, and they talk about it as North and East Syria now. But it it's this revolution that is based on neighboring, really. It's uh, all of the people have come together and now see politics as something you do with your neighbors and these face-to-face -face assemblies, um, kind of direct democracy um, of uh, about 50 to 150 households that cover all of the aspects of, of, of life. And so um, the decisions that affect people they discuss um, at this really hyper-local level and they come up with the decisions and then they send delegates to the higher levels, but those delegates are just mouthpieces. And so that was uh, just so inspiring to me because it's like, here they are fighting. I mean, ISIS is attacking them and they're overcoming internalized and um, externalized patriarchy and, um, and war and all of this and blockade. Um, but they're saying we solve this by going to our neighbors. And so um, that just freed me up. I, I actually learned that a lot of times um, they like some of the most ardent uh, revolutionaries just don't watch the news at all because they even when it's like really affecting them because they know that um, their work is the same nonetheless. And so that just was really like blew my mind. And I, I decided, you know what, I just need to like take this kind of vision and see how I can uh, build it here. Just getting to know my neighbors, building relationships and and coming to this uh, space where we move, as y'all as say so beautifully, as we say at the neighboring movement, moving from um, strangers to acquaintances to relationship. Um, and, you know, I, I wanna add kind of like 
co-creators to where we see the space as um, something that we all have a stake in and that we want to shape the identity and the physical space and all of that. We want to shape it together through shared discussion and decision. And so um, I just started doing that um, by going house to house, meeting my neighbors, giving them some veggies from my front yard garden. And um, and as I discovered uh, that work, I started writing a book. And uh, in that process, I, I ran into a, a billboard at a church uh, talking about the neighboring movement and discovered the beautiful commonalities there. And then I discovered... Um, I, by accidentally getting invited to a, a Zoom, I should say, uh, <laughs> uh, some people in India that have been doing exactly what I call neighbor uh, neighbor democracy. They call it neighborocracy, and they've been doing it for 40 years with millions of people. Um, and so I just realized there are all these things happening in disparate countries across the world where people are saying, you know what? And it's big institutions a lot of times. The Catholic Church, a... Uh, radical kind of uh formerly marxist party uh, like these big hierarchical institutions are saying maybe this isn't actually working like what if we just looked at the neighbor and we started just building up democracy from below um and so when all of these things happen across the world without these people knowing each other at all i think maybe there's the spirit is working there you know maybe there's something kind of wanting putting these people in these in these uh perfect kind of nexus of 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 experience and and um and new ideas and and bringing that forth and so i'm here i feel like part of my calling is just to help weave together those strands a little bit and so i host uh i i facilitate some meetings in my spare time between this movement in india called the neighborocracy movement growing out of the uh, small Christian or base Christian community movement. Um, and then the the Northeast Syria, um, what they call democratic confederalism. And I've been kind of creating dialogue and now I want, now we're expanding it to hopefully uh, build this uh, conference at some point for um, global governance from below that starts with the neighborhood and, and scales up. one of the things that impressed us about you from the get-go in your interview and in your applying for the job is that you are living out the values of the things that we care about around here That's on your sure. own without any prompting from us you were already doing all of those things mm. um but now you're here and it's like this is your day job now too so <laughs> um so you you'll be in charge of our church cohorts and faith-based cohorts what what kind of things are you like looking forward to? Or are you excited about in that in the position that you're now in? Yeah, uh, I think so. Having this kind of background, doing this with secular um, communities, there was a sense of I don't know. It was it was kind of hard to to draw people together in in many ways because um, you know a lot of like the secular activist folks. Uh, were not tied to an uh, existing community and kind of had to create it from the ground up. Um, whereas in, in churches, I've, I've seen this, uh, you know, churches like everywhere else have 
many of the same problems of our culture and are still infused with individualism and all of that. But um, there's there's just this uh, long tradition um, and a lot, you know, people that have been going to the church forever and, and, and commit coming, you know, it's one of the few spaces in, in the country today where people still, um, come together weekly without, uh, the need to really exchange money, at least not, uh, you don't have to pay for the service and, um, and, you know, there's, there's this kind of collective, uh, feel. So, so the, so churches, you know, uh as you know also in part of this growing faith journey that i've been on um, are just a, a wonderful space for me to work and i i love um what the good neighbor experiment the the materials the the yeah, the actual experiments the the practical um things asset-based community development has just been the missing link in my work and so i love seeing people participate in uh the good neighbor experiment and just like what happened to me, you know, they really do start to just shift in their mindset and see like abundance. It's, it's like putting on glasses and looking at the world just slightly differently um, mm -hmm. with slightly more color and vibrancy. And so um, I'm really excited for the opportunity to uh, help eventually connect all the people that have gone through the good neighbor experiment um, and, and build that alumni network and, and figure out, okay, what are the, what are the things that we've learned in the, since we've done this, um, where has neighboring taken us? What are these stories that we can build on? And then, um, how can, you know, how can we move forward and, and, uh, and connect further and, and build a, um, you know, uh, well, maybe the kingdom or kingdom or, or, the reign of God, whatever you want to call it, a, an alternative um, way of, of, of living, how can we kind of connect all these dots and, and build that up to where people can look at what's going on in neighborhoods across the country and think there is something like, I can't put my finger on it, but something so attractive going on there. And I want to just, I want to get in that. I want to, I want to figure out, um, I want to just immerse myself in that movement. Right. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's the, this is why we hired you. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just like so excited to see where, yeah, because of all of your past like work and, and neighboring, like just where your energy takes that and your mm -hmm. energy with our facilitators and all of the alumni and people that have already gone through it. Like these are people who are doing, you know, similar work and also living out neighboring. So it's just fun to like get new folks together that, I have been doing this work for a while and then kind of see where that new energy takes. Uh, so I'm super pumped about that. And yeah. yeah, I think before like we kind of get, get going, like, are there any stories that you would like to share just from like favorite neighboring stories from whether it's you personally or your work that you've kind of seen done internationally? Like what did any, any of those come to mind for you? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, uh, I'll, I'll say that our neighborhood kind of, really came together um after this big freeze of 2021 i had uh i i kind of graduated college and uh lived on my parents street for a while and that's kind of where i started the neighboring um that i wanted that i was doing um I, just kind of connecting all of these neighbors who didn't really you know some some had lived on the street for 30 years and didn't know the next door neighbor's name who'd also lived there a good chunk of that time right so 
Um, now we have, you know, very frequent um, outdoor movie nights and, and all of that on that street. It's just a, it's, it's really cool. But um, as people moved away or, you know, as, as actually, as I moved away, um, the, the chat that we started a group chat just kind of continued to, uh, you know, new people kept being brought in and everybody was integrated and I didn't have to do that work anymore. You know, other people were just kind of organically taking the connecting work. And that was a beautiful experience to see when this big freeze happened in 2021. Um, it just, the chat just blew up. I was still in it and I, I could see from afar that, you know, um, neighbors were running across the street to help each other turn off the water as the, as their pipes burst. And, um, you know, uh, somebody got trapped on the, like their car got stuck on the street. And so a bunch of the people in, in the street, a bunch of the neighbors came and helped push that car back on the main road. Um, there was just all this, uh, people going bulk, going to the store, you know, and, and bulk buying for each other so that, um, you know, not as many cars had to be on the road. And that was like the, that was the intention that, you know, we started this thing with what we call a neighborhood pod. And, you know, we were very intentional about it and it has played out that way beautifully. Um, and so actually uh, a year later, we had a one year anniversary kind of gathering of neighbors um, to discuss the lessons that we learned and, and kind of plans even for uh, what would happen if there was another one? And sure enough, there was, and there will be another one, another one. But you know, now we know. Like anytime there is a freeze, we get this this text. Okay, the water key is here. If you know, um, I'm going to the store at this time. Uh, i you know, I'm a good driver on the road. If you need something, put it here. Right? Like it's just that is the identity. You know, John McKnight talks a lot about the culture. Um, you know, and who would the street say? That, that they are. And if you ask the neighbors on that street, they would say, you know, we are people that when like the weather gets bad or when there's a crisis of some sort, um, we take care of each other. That's, that's our identity. You know, we, mm -hmm. it's just an automatic reflex now. It's not something that, uh, you know, somebody has to really prompt. So it's, 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 it's been a beautiful journey to, to see all that play out. pitch to our audience that they need to join the good neighbor experiment because we've got a cohort that'll be starting up not too long from now and they could have their church be a part of it. Why do you think this audience member should encourage their church to be in the good neighbor experiment? Uh, so the good neighbor experiment, we've got this, yeah, we've got this cohort starting up in the fall. Um, and I can just explain maybe from a quick story um, of one thing that we do in the good neighbor experiment, how, the effect that it had on me and maybe others can, can kind of see that. Um, so uh, having said what, what I, what I said about kind of bringing neighbors together um, on our street for this meeting, we had a, another kind of meeting where we played this, we can game, um, which is a, a, a tool of um, from Cormac Russell, um, related to asset-based community development. We do it as part of the good neighbor experiment. And it's, it's just a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful game that we take all of the things that uh, you might, any society 
any healthy functioning society might need to do. And we, um, we sort them as a group. Each person reads a card and we ask, okay, can anybody in this group of say 10 people, um, can anybody do this? Uh, and if, if we say yes, we move it to the we can pile. And if anybody, then we say, okay, um, if we can't do it, does anybody know who can? And if so, we move it to the we can't, but we know who can pile. And if, and then if if so, if nobody can, then we move it to the we can't pile. Um, and so, I did this with my neighbors, with some of my neighbors, and um, we were all, you know, it was it was kind of shocking to see that like none of the things that none of the cards that are needed to run a healthy society, like. Uh, you know, um, fixing a toaster or uh, sewing or comforting a friend who's experienced loss, right? Like all of these things, somebody in the group knew who can um, or could, and it mostly could, like probably 95% of the things we could do. So I walked out of that meeting with this experience, like, wow, um, in the in It's a Wonderful Life, I always make this comparison. Uh, the main character walks out of uh, an experience where he's been shown by an angel what the world would be like if he was never born. Um, and he walks into this new world and everything is still bad, uh, but everything is suddenly good too. Uh, everything is a bit more beautiful and vibrant. And then he comes home and he's he's experienced all these deaths uh, that by accident. And, and uh, all of the neighbors are coming through the door with baskets full of money. Um, baskets full of whatever he needs to get out of these debts. Um, and they're just there because he's taken care of them in his life. And now it's reciprocal. And it's just this total feeling like, wow, there's nothing that we can't do. And it's just such abundance. So your church can experience that Christmas movie, like a feeling of abundance <laughs> um, that, you know, uh, there's so much giftedness out there in your church and around your church and around the homes where you your church members live and it's it's a treasure hunt you know get out there and explore it and you'll find so much um potential uh from just discovering connecting and mobilizing those gifts there you go folks sign up today neighboringmovement.org that's right slash gne so um thank you ian that's perfect pitch for it uh, we're so glad to have you on our team. Yeah. And uh, I think podcast listeners can tell that Ian brings a lot of passion and skill and we're just excited. He's moving to Wichita like in a couple weeks here. We're, we're thrilled to have him um, be here and in person. So um, yeah, check out the work that he's doing uh, at neighboringmovement.org and we'll, I'm sure Ian will be on the podcast more. Maybe we, you need to do a series Ian about all of the international work that you're doing mm. a podcast series, explaining it, telling yeah. people about it. There's a lot of episodes there. There's so, so. many good episodes <laughs> there. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, thanks again for listening to the neighboring movement podcast and feel free to check out uh, all of our work on social media or on our website. And thanks to Christopher who will put all of this together and edit it and put it up uh, into the streaming services that we use be sure to follow, be sure to share, and to check out all of the things that we're up to at neighboringmovement.org. Uh, until next time, though, happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. Happy neighboring.